Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we're enhancing your full set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Now, if you're not already, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Subscribe to the newsletter. We drop bombs, Charlie. We just drop bombs. Consistently just dropping bombs. You do tell some pretty darn good stories, and we've also got some Easter eggs dropping out as well. So that is businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your deets and go and subscribe. But as usual, before we get started, let's cue Charlie's infamous disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Charlie, were you you kicking off this episode or was was like, we didn't talk about this? Do you know what? I was actually waiting and thinking the same thing. I was like, am I supposed to go or is he supposed to go? (laughs) Lucky we could edit out like this 30 second random pause where we're just like both staring at each other. (laughs) I tell you what, I wonder if anyone noticed the intro was a little bit different as well. Uh, Different in what way? We talked about the newsletter, we talked about your disclaimer. What way could it be? We forgot to put in like some random jokes. Ah, that's what it was. It couldn't have been a new brand or anything like that. It was a a joke. That's what we forgot. (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's do it. So uh, today's episode, we're uh, going to be digging into like uh, the dream panel of advisors. So this is the idea that if you could have your own board, your panel of advisors, and you could have anyone in the world who is living today, who would you have on it? Now, the setup for this is I was actually interviewed for a book uh, not too long ago. So I'm going to be a featured chapter in an Australian real estate book. I mean, I'm excited for, done some big things in real estate over the years. It's going to be nice to share more about that with people. That book's actually a collaboration with uh, Todd Sloan. So we'll have Todd on when the book comes out and talk more about it. We might do a more real estate focused episode on that one there. But one of the questions he asked me in the book is, was if you were going to have a dinner party and you could invite anyone, who would you have? And uh, as soon as he said that, I was like, I got my phone out. Yes, literally as he's prepping me for this book interview and I said, just need one second. We should totally do a Dream Panel of Advisors <laughs> episode on the podcast. And then you sent me a message saying, sorry, Grant, I can't choose you. There are smarter people around. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, fine. No worries at all. I'll get cut. Don't worry. Last me to be Well, busy. I love the way you were thinking about it. So do you want to just share the analogy you were talking to me about before when we was about designing this panel of advisors? So when you sent me that message, the first thing that I'm like, I'm like, no way. You know how people have like the fantasy soccer league, right? And like everybody sort of has to set out the goalies and the strikers and like the midfield and all those kind of things. But essentially the whole objective of this sort of fantasy league is to win. So everyone gets their points and all these things. And I was thinking about, well, if I wanted a panel of advisors, I'm the game. So they all need to win for me. I need to put the best players in place to make sure I've got stops and attackers and midfield and all-rounders and like the Ricky Pontings, if you will, for cricket. Um, and that's how I thought about this was going, who do I need on this team to make sure that I can win? So I left the um, question pretty broad. How did you actually approach this? Because I've seen some of your list now and it's, it's an interesting <laughs> list to, to say the least. 
But I didn't say necessarily it had to be business or it had to be wealth or it had to be in any area. So what came to mind when you were thinking about this panel? Uh, all right. <laughs> first, first off, this this podcast has taken so much time for me to plan because the amount of people that I wanted on this list became way too big. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I need to dwindle this It was down. actually really hard to condense this list for me as well, I will say. It was ridiculous because <laughs> there are people that have kind of kind of done the thing, but then I'm like, they just haven't done the thing as much as other people have done. The thing, which is to me, I care about my wealth growing, but also businesses being successful. And so that's when, when I kind of thought about it, I'm like, those are the people that I would usually not be able to purchase time from. I think I could purchase the time from athletes. I think I could purchase the time from these other people for my health and fitness and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, I'm going for the people that just I can't purchase. So they were the big ones. Uh, first thing that we set the rule on was it can't be boring. So it can't be like Musk and Gates and no, 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 no. This has to be like, what? Yeah, it can't be the obvious answers, right? What a, what a crappy episode <laughs> and just like a crappy answer. It's like, oh, yeah, my board is going to be Elon Musk, Bill Gates. You know, it's like they're, they're the obvious ones. Do you know something that really challenged me in creating my list was the idea of people who have done it and then people that are and- doing it today? Because I look at that and go, for I'm going to use this as an example like you might have wanted Warren Buffett on your list, but the idea being, and don't get me wrong, Warren Buffett still seems to be doing really well, but where he's actually achieved most of his success isn't necessarily available in the same concept. Like you can't do the Berkshire Hatha moves of 30 years ago. Dude, I am. Um, it's funny when you, when you say that. Like I actually looked at like Charlie Munger, who's 98, by the way, and Buffett, who's 92, and I'm like, interesting. Like, are they going to continue pushing the envelope? Um, or will they understand what's coming next or now they're just riding this amazing wave and just have this big capital. So that was one of the biggest things. Um, but then <laughs> I had, so in my mind, outcome is my wealth and in business, but also in, in investing. That was kind of the key thing. And my mind automatically went to how I would usually set up a board in a business. And the way that I usually set up a board in a business is I have like people with different skills. And so I'd put them similar to like a football match and have different, but then I'm like, if there was no rules, maybe I should just pull in two people with similar like investing skills that have completely different opposing views just to see where they land. Because <laughs> I'm like, who has the ability to do this? Like, it's like, take a real estate guy, take a like a bond guy or an ETF guy, just like, yeah, I can see this now is like, you get like Robert Kiyosaki <laughs> and like the uh, guy who founded Van- Vanguard, uh, Jack totally. Bogle. Is it, I think it's Jack Bogle. But uh, the idea but being they diabolically opposed. <laughs> Completely. But imagine the conversation because it's my wait, board wait, wait. of advisors. <laughs> so you start you start a health board, right, and you get like a vegan af- uh, advocate and then a carnivore. <laughs> carnivore and just let them go at each other and just see where it lands. Because imagine the conversation of just me sitting there going, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. But then the problem was it would be sacrificing two people to have one, right? It was just easier to go and find the good guy at this and the good guy at that. So that was how I played it. That was in my mind. It was like, cool, I just need strong individuals that have skill sets across different things, and that's where I landed. Yeah, I did the same. I've got what I would call a well-rounded board. They're like differently focused in different areas and for very specific reasons, which we're going to dig into here. But before we do, I just want to ask one question. Did it make you think at all about who's advising you today and the roles (laughs) they fill? Because I actually found myself going through this and going, Oh, I'm saying I want someone with this skill set, 
or this ability or this access in my life. I'm like, who do I have now doing that? It, <clears throat> that was the biggest thing. But I, I went like the second step further as well. It's like what information and content am I consuming and from who, right? Because it was really interesting <clears throat> when I was building my list, the typical ones that kind of popped up were the ones that had a good sort of profile, like the ones who have written books, the ones that have had documentaries about them, like the, the kind of the name brands. But I'm like, are they always the best ones? I'm like, how do like, what about the people who've done the thing but haven't sort of written books about it, right? As Completely. Like, There's a ton of silent assassins out there. And so that was like in my mind, I'm like, oh, no. Now this is like everything's like all holes barred. So like when I was looking through this list, I'm like, great, let's go and bring it in. But, yeah, so correct on your point, which was who's advising me. But the second one was because I wouldn't typically have access to a lot of these people what of their content have I been consuming or haven't I been consuming that I should have been consuming? It's an interesting point, right? It's like you go, oh, look, all these successful people have written a book. That must be the common trait. Oh, so maybe just the ones who wanted to write a book wrote a book. There's all these that, silent killers out there as well. And I do know there is a ton of people that are unknown doing very, very well. That, that, that stuffed me in my head because I'm like, well, why have they written books now, Charlie? Maybe they're not the smartest guy. Maybe they're just like, well, in order for me to articulate I'm the smartest guy, i got to write a book because then more people will know about it. And it's a marketing strategy. I'm like, maybe I just want the guy that has never written a book because maybe he's smarter at doing the thing than – and anyway, it, hence why it took me so long. <laughs> All right, like, well, this the thing I would mention because I want to dig into this list here is that for, uh, for people listening to this episode, I'd almost say come up with your own fantasy board or this fantasy panel us. of advisors. Um, we'd love to hear us. your answers, like literally send through the people that you would think uh, serve you in a similar way. And then just as a side note, so there's some real value to come from this, maybe have a think about the people that are advising you today and if they're the right fit, serve you in this way. Because I think we can both agree on this one, Grant, is the people you have around you and you take advice from, it makes all the difference. They've all the, the difference. Yeah, they're, they're the hack. The, the, the greatest growth hack is just go and get the guy that's done the thing and put them in the place. <laughs> Like it's like well, there's nothing else. I'm gonna let you kick off. Who's your first? I was just gonna say that for you. I nah, just nah, literally dude, I got my it. pointer out. Do you like that? Do you like that? That was. I, I saw think- you pull, pick up the pointer, and I'm like, no chance. But I'm gonna throw you under the bus. You All right, well, number one, I'm going to do one that is probably no surprise to you and many of the people that listen to this podcast. Keith oh, Cunningham. I reckon I could guess. Ah, there you go, Keith Cunningham. All right, why? Right, so the, the reason I'm such an advocate of Keith Cunningham is that he's an individual that had made literally $100 million, lost it all, and got it back. Yeah. and There's uh, power in that. Yeah. So uh, most noticeably, he also teaches now business mastery for Tony Robbins, which is just another accreditation towards him. And he's actually wildly known as the rich dad from Rich Dad Poor Dad. So this guy's got some serious credentials behind him. Um, he also has an accounting degree, very, very strong in accounting. So when I uh, look at this um, from like, why is this someone that uh, I wanted on my board is this is really the business advisor role I'm looking for. And you might argue that for some people that are successful, it was luck. They did it once. Yep. But to do it twice and be the type of person that can come back from taking such a significant hit, um, that isn't luck. That's skill. And I think there's a lot you can learn from someone who's done it in that way. So that's how I kind of shaped up um, the you know credentials. I think it was a really important part. 
the why and then where they sit on this panel for me is this is who I want to take my business advice from. Yeah. See, it was funny. I had Keith and then I had to replace Keith because I'm like, I'm like, Charlie's totally going to have Keith. I'm like, but because the thing that fascinates me is um, someone who's done the thing is, is great. However, someone who's done the thing then lost the thing and then done it again, dude, that's, that's, n- that's not a statistical anomaly. That is like, <laughs> that is the guy knows what he's doing. Plus, he has learned what not to do and written books about it and has seen this many, many, many times. He did. He sits on what, like 10 boards or something like that. The guy is absolutely amazing. I, I, I would, through and through, business acumen, like 10 out of 10. Well, I would throw another couple of things on this. Is he still in the game of business today? So yep. another thing I like is he's still owning and operating businesses himself. Um, I would also say that to your point is he's actually teaching other people today successfully. Like we both know people that have done Keith's courses and programs and I've, I don't think I've ever heard about a review. Never, never. Probably, because maybe you- there's some out there, but um, I look at that. And then uh, the final thing that really kind of ticked this one over the edge, big real estate guy. So he had done a lot of things in real estate as well. So his knowledge laid in from that is I'm looking at myself and going like I can see how many things he's done and been successful at that cross over to what I'm trying to be successful at today. That's fair. So you got the business acumen with a little bit of, well, a lot of real estate sitting on, on top of it. Was there any sort of gap that you thought that he would bring that you were sort of going, maybe he doesn't fit in. Like, was there anything that made you second question him or was that just a hands down, 100% Keith? Uh, There's certainly areas of his life where I wouldn't say he is the most well-suited to advise on, right? So when we look at an advisor, like, and I'm just going to use an example, I actually don't know the answer to this, um, but I'm not going to, it doesn't strike me as the healthiest individual. Like, I don't see an image of Warren Buffett going and smashing McDonald's every day. Like, yeah. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take health advice from Warren Buffett. Mm. So where I look at this is like I think at times when I've worked with people in the past is like I've tried to replicate many of the things they do, not recognizing that they're not great at those other aspects. And I yes. would go yeah. even further, right? Sometimes I've taken business advice from people and what's actually ended up happening is I take on that advice not measuring what it actually does to their personal life. So someone might give you this really good strategy to grow a business. You go, awesome, I'm going to replicate that. But the thing is they work 100 hours a week. So if you do that strategy, you've got to be up for working 100 hours a week. But they kind of don't tell you that. And you can end up, if that outcome in your life isn't aligned with the advice they're giving, can be really, really dangerous and counterproductive. So I think you've got to be really careful of not only the advice you take, but the impacts it has in like knock-on effect to the other areas of your life. Leaning onto like a Gary V, for example, which is like a hustle, 100 hour weeks. And the hustle is the thing that will get you there, as opposed to uh, here's a better business model, here's a better way to approach it in order to have the life that you're looking for. Well, I would make the uh, argument with Gary as the example. Gary's like clearly make a lot of content. I can only imagine what his social media is like, the amount of questions and replies and things he gets. So if you're not up to replying to people, if you're not up to the attention that comes from that in your personal life, maybe not the advisor for you, where I think Keith is a really good mix of that for me and I look to emulate many of the areas he's been successful from. You know, one of the, one of the points that I will say on Keith, which was like why I was, I was so close to saying like it has to sit in there. So a lot of the people that I was like looking at, one of the questions in the back of my mind was like, you know when people are just so smart and they're just so well advanced, right, 
that they would struggle to relate to someone like myself. Like I'm like, oh my God, that that concept is so fantastic. Yeah, I'm like 20 years away from even <laughs> utilizing that piece of information. The thing with Keith is because he works with so many different businesses, I'm like the journey of mastery with him, I don't think it would ever run out, right? He could relate to where I'm at now, but he would iteratively improve along the way. Like he, he, he's got 20 years, 30 years of my business growth in him, right? Where I would then never be able to extract everything where it's not like he's completely far out, like a CFO of like a Wells Fargo or like a Macquarie bank. And he's like, what are you talking about, Charlie? Like, <laughs> I got no idea how to help you on this thing. Um, where he's like, dude, no, I'm totally good. So I, I give you a 10 out of 10 on that one. That's fantastic. Pick one down. Your turn. All right. So Coach, you took Keith and I'm a huge fan. I'm like, I couldn't pick Keith. So in my, so when I broke down sort of my panel of advisors, I knew I needed someone from a business aspect so someone who could improve me with my business acumen, and I think about it in three parts, help me make a dollar, save a dollar, and mitigate risk. And I'm like, who is the best person at doing that? But is also great at seeing potential opportunities. So yes, he will help me make and save money in my current business, but he will also say, hey, these are some other opportunities that are kind of coming up. Um, and so the person that I actually picked is a little bit of a – an odd one. Hey, dude, um, drop, drop the name. Like, why are you teasing Carl, this? Carl Icahn. Because I had this there thing There we set up. go. So Carl, Carl Icahn is my boy. Um, Interesting. So of, that is a controversial character to pick on business. Being, totally, obviously being wildly successful. Totally. So the interesting thing is because, one, it's my team of advisors, Charlie. I can do whatever the hell I want. No, but the second thing is I don't need to tell people sort of that, hey, like I'm working with this controversial guy. So I'm like, I don't need to publicize this. Um, but the reason was, you see, his business acumen for being able to look at a bigger picture, ruthlessly analyze a business on wasting cash, saving money, or or just doing the wrong strategy, in his opinion, again, for him to make money and shareholders to make money, I think is better than none. And so I'm like, this guy would be able to look at a business. Yes, he's a bit more macro than I would probably use, but I think that I'd be able to understand what he's saying. Um, where he would look at what I'm doing because I'm quite conservative. I'm a softer sort of well-strategic executor on businesses where he's just fucking ruthless. <laughs> and he'd be like, dude, you're an idiot. Why the hell aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing that? And it would actually impact my thinking in the way that I'm like, oh, this is something I don't have in my skill set on my business acumen. I don't need a yes man. I don't need someone that was softly sort of hold my hand. I'm like, I need someone that would just hammer me across the back of the head and say, this is stupid for these reasons. And I go, wow, that's a completely different opinion from what I've ever learned and what I've ever thought. So that's why I went Carl Icahn from Icahn. Do you know what? As you've said, like I'm looking for someone that would give me direct feedback. I think you nailed that. I don't think there's <laughs> a character I know of that is more direct. He would have to be one of the most direct uh, people I've totally. seen in the public light. The um, the interesting thing, for people that don't know, Carl Icahn's most noticeably famous for like what he does is when he sees there's a company that's going off track, or the management is going off track, he'll do what's known as a hostile takeover. So he will actually go in and take over the company either through purchasing their shares and getting on board with it or working his way in in what is uh, what we'll say interesting ways. (laughs) Totally. and But he's run companies before, so he he was the CEO of uh, an airline that he couldn't get back on track and couldn't do too well. But I feel as though one of the best parts about it is that his wider network that I would potentially get access to would be able to help me understand more about operations or finance or whatever I would need 
based on whoever got him to where he is today. Um, he's also like massive shareholder or was a massive shareholder in Apple, um, had conversations with Tim Cook and basically the way the story goes, kind of strong handed him. <laughs> there's a, I was <laughs> like, going to say, there's a lot of interesting things around Carl Icon that probably a lot of people don't. And we won't dig too much deeply. We've got a big list into it here. But most notably, I think there's like a lot of story around the Tim Cook conversation and what was done at Apple. Um, yep. Netflix was another one Netflix they did extremely well on. Yeah, and then there's a ton uh, to go and back look uh, look back on. Uh, so I guess the idea here is like you've the what you would get from Carl, it would be the idea of he would be able to spot if your management has gone off course. Completely. Right, is, yeah, and, and I love that idea of like you've really included the idea of like incredibly direct feedback. Yeah, and he's opposing to what I am. So I don't need someone. I'm not looking for someone who's the same as me. I'm looking for someone who's different. Like I don't need someone who I completely go, oh, I just want to be the same as this. I want someone to improve on where I'm at to give me completely different opinions and views than what I might have. And that's that's kind yeah, of why I went to Cal. It's an interesting way to think about when you take on advisors, right? Sometimes you do definitely – how can I put this? Is If you get someone who's a bit of a yes man and a bit agreeable, you might end up actually convincing them that your idea is the way and they don't actually advise. Exactly. Exactly. Like sometimes – Have, you, have you actually had that happen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have, but, me, but me it's too. also, yeah, totally. But it's also the point of um, like there have been a couple of people who have advised me where I've tried to convince them on like, hey, like this is why, this is why. And they've, yeah, over time they've just like, yeah, cool, you're right, no worries at all. And I'm like, damn it, if only you were like a bit stronger to prove to me why I was wrong because it worked out that their thought was the right thought after reflection and I'm like oh, well this is what becomes really challenging as you end up further in the game right so when when I started my business I was very open minded to advice because I'm like I know nothing but once yeah. you start getting some runs on the board and know things that work for you is you almost become more stubborn and set in your ways into like well I'm already winning at this so this your is- um your open mindedness to advice kind of shrinks and I think everyone would go with this and I have to check uh, myself regularly um, I have to go, uh, my favourite question to ask myself is how willing am I to change? On a scale of 1 to 10, how teachable am I and how willing am I to change? Because yeah. that is what is going to be required to get to the next level. But I have been in um, environments with mentors where it's like they'll tell me from their perspective what the next move is and I'll feel the need to tell them why that's wrong and this is actually the path. But I want the pushback, but I can add they have been soft at times because perhaps that wasn't the battle they wanted to Face that day. To win? <laughs> totally. Totally. So, Carl Icahn, who's your number two? I love that as a pick. Sorry, I lost oh. you on the end there. Are we on to point two for two? me? Yep. All right, point two for me, Howard Marks. All right, reasoning. Reasoning. I love Howard Marks, by the way. Reasoning. Yeah, so Howard Marks is uh, in his own right. Uh, so this is my wealth advisor I should men- mention here. So Howard has Oak Tree Capital, which is I think you would call it a hedge fund technically. Correct. He manages money for people. Just leave it there. Now, there's a few reasons he made it to my list here, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Number one, I think he uh, – so the number one is he's a billionaire. Uh, this guy has literally <laughs> – Just leave it at that. It's like done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he runs a hedge fund and he's a billionaire. I was like, oh, well, that's pretty good tick boxes. Uh, three, he invests in real estate. Of the big hedge fund managers I know, like real estate is an area I'm personally interested in. Why I wouldn't pick someone like, I'm just going to use Warren Buffett as the example here. 
is they've made their wealth in uh, we'll call shares where or stocks or whatever it is where Howard Marks is aligned more to the areas where I'm interested again. I will say I've done some board stacking here where you can see that Keith, real estate, Howard, real estate. If I can have hmm. some alignment in consensus with my in included things here, I think that works. So billionaire, definitely. Real estate, definitely. But then the thing overwhelmingly that I really, really enjoy from Howard is he's like, what do they call, um, things from first principles. Whenever you hear something from Howard, he's not regurgitating something from someone else. He's clearly making his own thoughts. And I really love the way he articulates himself and communicates that thought. Because sometimes you find really smart people, but they're not that great at actually communicating. So yep. they they know why they're doing things, but then don't have the ability to translate that into advice that someone can then take action on. Where I think Howard does an excellent job of that through his newsletter, or what, he doesn't. His uh, what does he call it? His memoirs. Memoirs, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also his books. And then if you've ever seen him speak on conferences or uh, at events or things like that, are recorded. Like he does an excellent job of that. Um, so excellent thinker and communicator came into the run for me because that's what I'm looking for on the board. And then the last one here is that, um, and I don't know how many people will know this story, we've spoken about it, is that Howard has this amazing ability to act counter-cyclical to the market consensus. I love it. Yeah, so in the, in the depth of the financial crisis of 2008, this was a guy that wasn't running from the hills. He was deploying millions and millions of dollars of capital into the markets when things were cheap and had the discipline to do so. So in my uh, fantasy panel of advisors here, right, I'm wanting to have someone that's going to help me on that emotional side as well. So I want someone to sit there and like, I, I don't, if I'm looking at real estate, I'm like, he's like, dude, you're getting greedy. Like, pull it yeah. back like to to stop the prevails of wipeouts and the rest. And at the same time is like, it, even in today's environment, you look at it and go like, you see some bargains, but, oh, no, you know, inflation, interest oh, rates. Yeah. We're having someone with the experience of navigating cycles to be able to say, now's the time to pull the trigger to help it's that a, decisive nature come through on the wealth front. I, I agree. Howard Marks is, is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I love the fact that in your team you've got someone who can think so macro that understands how the, the monetary system works. However, instead of just sort of succumbing to uh, validation of by media or anything like that, which is the reason we're printing money is because a virus exists and that's going to stimulate this economy and everyone's like, yay. He's like, but what's going to happen after that? <laughs> After that occurs, and then he starts looking at the second, third, fourth order consequences on top of that. And because he understands the macro economy, he can start looking at, I'll call it more micro investments. What's going to change? What am I going to look at? What opportunities are around now? Because that thing might have an impact in three years, four years, five years' time. Um, and so for me, like Howard Marks is such a good thinker on that side. You touched on a really interesting point. On the flip side, he's so good at communicating down. Like, and this is what I love about uh, you picking Keith and Howard uh, or Marks is the fact that you can understand what he's communicating now. Like, he's not like he's not. It's not like you're trying to like, talk to like Jerome Powell from uh, the Fed, where he's just like he's talking about concepts. That you're like, I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean? This is too deep. 
Well, do you remember when um, – and I won't name the person because um, I think it would be unwise to – do you remember when we did a YouTube course uh, with someone and like they'd actually been wildly successful on YouTube, but when we paid for their course and their time, zero. it was the worst yeah. program I've ever seen. We got zero out of it. They were a terrible communicator. They were a flaky character. So even though they'd done the thing, inability to communicate it or advise on it made them useless. And that's why I love the Howard Marks because, and I'm sure if we went back in his very first presentation where he was talking about why he was doing things, because the guy is a literal genius, uh, it would have been very different to how it is now. His ability to communicate uh, complex concepts, like quite complex concepts, um, I just think is second to none. But to your point, macro and micro views, he's also got the real estate flavour. And I could just imagine... Howard Marks and Keith Cunningham sit in a room together and like, it's like sports fanboy. stacking up pretty well. Like it's it did. It's a decent team. I'm I'm, I'm in it. Right. So, so, and so Keith is my make money guy. Howard is my grow and keep money guy. Keep money, guy. <laughs> I love, I love, dude. Which to which he would be powerful, powerful, and unlike a, a massive market as well. And both still in the game today. This was another thing for me. I looked at as well. So Howard yep. still takes on the money, but um I. Will not draw on too much about this. I'd love to get your second pick. All right, because you've got an investment, the investment guy. I'm going to go my investment guy. And I'm actually going to have two investment guys. So I'm going to go. No, 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 no. You get one investment guy. This is strict rules on this. I I got two. There ain't no rules, Charlie. I can do what I want. But my second investment guy is my third pick. So that's fine. I'll talk about my one. So there's a guy called Steve Schwarzman from Blackstone. Uh, He also wrote. A book called "What It What It Takes." I think it's the book. It's a great uh, book. By so the way. The, I enjoyed that book. Yeah, fantastic book. Uh, just put it out there, Charlie. Uh, a guy who runs a business that almost has a trillion dollars worth of uh, assets under management. Uh, heavy in property. Uh, he's also got good insight. I love how you say heavy, heavy in property. Do you like that? Just heavy. Just, they are the largest just, owner of real estate just, in the world. <laughs> I just gotta just throw that out there. Just like. Like push that under the radar, Charlie, as if he's – because he's a good mate of mine. He's already besties. Uh, so he, he they buy suburbs, right? <laughs> <laughs> but this hence why I want him because I'm like – because what I'm looking for in this investment front is – and I, it really challenged me when I was thinking about who should be my front runner on these types of investments. Um, I need someone who's got a macro view around monetary systems, which is similar to what you had with Howard Marks, which Steve Schwarzman definitely does. He knows how to raise cash. Dude, this guy <laughs> this guy has raised cash from so many I still feel like you're underselling him. I really feel Dude, like you're underselling him. I'm oh, trying to relate to people. And he knows how to raise money. Raise, see, like <laughs> this is me trying to relate to the people, Charlie. Like, do, do you know what's great about this pick though? He started it himself, right? So he was there from day one. So it's not like he's gone the whole journey. This isn't someone yeah. that just got, uh, let's say, from an Ivy League school or a university that just like – suddenly became the chief investment officer. Like he built the business. The hustle is real in this one, Charlie. He, uh, he's, what is he? <laughs> what does my mentor always say? He's still got mongrel in him. That's what, <laughs> he's like, he's still got the gusto. He's still willing to push. Um, but interestingly enough, like Blackstone is also involved in like life sciences and some technology plays as well. And when I say that, it's like they got like $200 billion in it. Like <laughs> it's not small. Uh, which means that my awareness of upcoming technology or upcoming investments is also there in addition to property, as you were talking about. 
Um, but I actually think that he would be a really good sort of mentor and slash advisor around things where I'm not pushing hard enough, right? Or if I needed to get access to capital, albeit my capital is very different from billions of dollars, like he raises and talks about, he would be able to introduce me or get me into things that would then unlock, which is going to go into my third person, which is later. Um, but I think he would actually unlock a whole heap of capital for me, investment opportunities, property opportunities, and he's still in the game, which means I don't think it's going to slow down and they're getting more aggressive as time passes by. Second thing is, in addition to that, I actually think that he is getting better at communicating his concepts, his frameworks, his principles, and his methodology, just like he's put through in his book. And I, I'm going to assume that he's actually going to come out with more books. I think this is a guy who intellectually is a freak, and the people around him are freaks. And now he's going through what a lot of other investors have gone through, which is like, now how do I communicate this to other people so that I can relate and take them on the journey that I've been to through, as opposed to just talking intellects. So I actually think that he would be able to take someone like myself through the journey and progress on with him for decades to come, where I just feel like it would take a very long time to surpass him or get to a level that he is at. Do you know what I really in, um, like about some of the thinking on this one is you've mentioned access. Right? So, um, for example, is like if you take on an advisor and they have a strong network, the idea being that you get access to that network through that advisor could almost be worth having someone on your panel of advisors alone. Right? Relationships can make a business. And I would also say that it's been very helpful for me, like in the mentors I've had, some of the introductions made have definitely increase my speed of trajectory and when people come and work with myself like i do mentor a few people out there my network has been something that they've gotten value out of as well so i would definitely put that into the thinking on forming a panel of advisors i think it's so just, a very just, important aspect just imagine this charlie so carl icon sits there and says hmm there's an interesting corporate takeover on this business over here and i'm like don't worry i got your capital covered hey steve Speed dial number two. Hey, Steve, just uh, you got a couple of bills just kicking around. I reckon I could make a bit of spread on this. And how how worry, much would it be having a money guy just to ring up and go, yeah, I need a couple of bills. Hey, hey Steve, just, uh, just want to transfer a couple of bills. Anyway, so that was kind of the concept. But I also think he would have his personal investments and uh, obviously other investments that would help me as well outside of just a money guy. Well, you brought out another point I want to touch on, trend spotting. Right. If you take on yep. someone who has a uh, a vast array of understanding of where things are moving, so in this example here, if he can see that, look, a lot of money's moving out of, and I'm just going to make this up, I don't know, a lot of money's moving out of um, Asia right now and it's going into India, and then your Carl Icon's like, well, I've got a corporate takeover that's an India play. Like yep. you could totally come up with some really interesting dynamics to layer that in if you had these people on the board. Yeah, but even like um, when I was looking at like life sciences or technology, like AI and machine learning and stuff like that, the opportunities that, that come across their table for investments and funding, I'm just like, oh, just keep, keep me posted, Steve. Because we, we call each other Steve, like Steve and Grant. Like, like, I like you've got on first name basis with your Schwazi. Hey, Schwazi, what's up? <laughs> just uh, just <laughs> give us a little bit of 411, a little bit of the info. <laughs> so anyway, yes, Steve Schwazi. <laughs> I like it. Your third, give it to us. Uh, third one, going in a very different direction here. Um, I decided for my third uh, person, I was actually going to go someone in health. Um, and the reason for All that, there's a couple of reasons for it, but I'll tell you the, um, actually I'll tell you the reasons and then I'll tell you the person. Um, I fundamentally believe 
that a healthy individual will do better in business and wealth building than an unhealthy individual. Like the mental sharpness and ability to actually execute on things is enhanced dramatically. And Mm. uh, case in point, we just see so many people that are high performers in business are also high performers on the health front. Totally. So I think it's a really important one. (laughs) He's an interesting one. I just get up to go with he has so much money to fix his health problems that he has access to things (laughs) we do not. Yeah, he's on a different different planet. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only way I can work it out. Like that's got to be the argument here. He's just got like a full team of doctors and surgeons on standby continually. That's 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 it. Jabbing adrenaline in him every day. (laughs) Let's keep him going. All right, continue. The second aspect of this is if if I'm going to have this board of advisors and things are going to go well, I want to be around a long time to actually enjoy it. I want to be able to. experience the rewards of what comes with it and also spend that time with kids, grandkids uh, and great-grandkids, right? So I think putting something in that makes sure your health stays on point is a very important one. Now, the person I picked for this is a guy called Peter Atia, um, who has a fantastic podcast called The Drive, which I know you're a big fan of it's as well. Great podcast. Great. But podcast. His, his business and what he helps individuals with is getting them to be the healthy centen- centenarian, I think is the term. So the idea being is that at 100 years old, you can still play with your grandkids or you can go up a set of stairs with shopping bags or um, a whole variety of activities. And he's actually built a program to be able to do that. Uh, I suspect there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like exercise. It's a whole bunch of like lifestyle choices and things like that as well that come with it. I won't disclose any of his work or make this a health podcast all of a sudden. I want to keep it outcome focused. But the idea being that if I could have this person on my panel of advisors and they could make me the healthiest I could be at 100 years old, I think that's a worthy seat. The interesting thing about Peter Atia uh, with his podcast and a lot of the media that he produces, I, I think his access as well for any challenges that you face would be next level in health, where I think a lot of other people would probably struggle to get that access. So imagine that like he, so I, I completely get the fact that he will make sure that you've got the health and the fitness and everything like that to get to a hundred and beyond. Um, but also think that if there was a curveball at any point that you will face, as everybody will face in their lives, he's the guy that kind of either can fix it himself or call. knows the guy. <laughs> like he's just like, it's like, hey Pete, because uh, hey Addy, what up Addy? Uh, it's just Charlie here. Look, I've got this, uh, I got this like little growth on my elbow. Um, who should I talk to? And I reckon Addy would hook you up. Uh, so I think that for for my viewer, I love one the concept of thinking outside of just wealth building in a business and wealth creation through investments for your personal self. Um, having that longevity and that drive, like how can you continue to be better and stay around on this earth for as long as possible? And the thing that I will say to that, everything that he talks about is not like, hey, go and have a whole heap of supplements, go and do all this surgery. Go and, it's sustainable, natural stuff. Like it's not. It's not like someone's just saying, hey, let's go and inject a whole heap of like testosterone replacements and stuff inside your body. He's like, no, well, how, how do you just consume things that are better for yeah. that? Well, the, when you look at Peter on a personal level as well, which is something I always address in people, he strikes me as a super high performer at everything, like at absolutely everything he does. And again, just a characteristic I would want to take on board, like looking at how he's approaching things. I think there's more to learn from him with than just the surface level of get me to 100. And he's young too. He's going to be at this for a long time. 
Like he's like, – and when I say young, he's like in his 40s, I believe. Um, he's going to be continuing to do this for decades to come. Like this is not just a job for him. This is what he lives, breathes, loves. Um, dude, I, that is a very interesting take and I freaking love it. Uh, yeah, Peter Atia, if anyone hasn't listened to him, I highly recommend him. You'll go. You, Pick number you three. number three? All right, so I'm going to change my order a little bit just to continue riffing on your point. So funnily enough, I was uh, I was looking at life and sort of, okay, well, how can I just prolong life from a very different viewpoint on yours? It was how can I just hack the crap out of this? <laughs> but then how can I get the person to hack the crap out of it that can also provide other benefits to me? And this one's – I don't want to say it's a little bit of a cop-out, but the guy is Tony Robbins, but not from the Tony Robbins perspective that a lot of people will think about it. So Tony Robbins, as, as most people would know, is an author and is like a like self-empowerment kind of motivational kind of speaker. I think everyone like knows who Tony Robbins is. I know, but I feel like I've got to give him a little bit of a prop-up. I think that an inadvertent benefit of Tony Robbins being on the team would be that motivation, would be that empowerment, would be that thing, like the the bigger than life kind of personality that would just help G me forwards, which I think would be great. But the real reason that I actually want access to him is he actually wrote a book, which is all about like life sciences and like stem cell research and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm going the reverse of just going, Hey Tony, like just inject the things and tell me the guy that I just need to go to so that I can continue living forever. And so that was like the second point as to why I chose him. And then the third one is influence. Like I love the influence that he has over people and the brand that he has built. And I'm like, I wonder, like, how did you build that brand? How, like, what hurdles did you go through to go and create yourself to be there? So it was actually interesting that when I went for this kind of life, like not, not so much like longevity, but just this whole concept around life and health, fitness and all these kind of things. And his name popped up. I'm like, there's so much more that he brings than just longevity. Like it's like all these other elements. And I'm like, this is fantastic. He's, he's like a Ricky Ponting. He just does it all. This is great. So well, he was he's actually my, been. My there's some interesting ones that come into that, and I'll, I'll chime in here. Is like what I like about your health pick here, which I'll just call it. I have to say it's health because I feel like he dances in mental and physical health. Totally. So he he's probably actually the number one pick for both. Because I actually had someone in on my one for a health replacement, which I won't mention, but it was more on the mental health side of things. Like, t- like how good would it be to have someone in your corner that could just rewire you at any moment? Dude, I, I feel to, like I Tony Robbins yeah. could do that. Yeah, I had a guy with that too, and I dropped him off. Poor guy. Do you, and there's many famous stories of like uh, hedge funds and traders who actually have like psychiatrists on staff. So these Performs are people where. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like such a vital thing of them being able to perform well in making trades, um, which I can only imagine is highly stressful. Um, the th- third thing, which you haven't touched on, is like Tony Robbins actually wrote a book on wells and that was teaches it. My next, <laughs> so my next point was uh, he actually knows how to invest. Dude, the guy makes like almost $5 million bucks a month apparently from his investments just coming in and cash flow. Like this guy knows how to do the thing. His business acumen is pretty darn good or the people around him is pretty darn good. Dude, he's also a philanthropist, which at some point I would love to dive heavier into in, in the future. And so I'm like, I think that he could teach me a lot of things in a very short period of time that I would like go, cool, now I get that. But he has so much more sort of knowledge that I would be able to consume from in other areas that I'm like, great, I'll just be a sponge. I just keep sort of bringing it all in. So I don't think that I would outgrow him per se. 
the access thing's pretty interesting on uh, this pick as well because, like, he just – I'll lay it down. Like, he advised Bill Clinton, the president of the United States, like a guy who has that type of access, <laughs> just, like, need I say then, more? <laughs> well, this is like, hey, Robbo, just, uh, just wondering if you could just, like, introduce me to, like, good old Clinto. And that'd be just great. That'd be grande. Thank you very much. Dude, like that's 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 my number three on my speed dialer. Robbo. I like it. <laughs> I'm just gonna butcher everybody's name from now on. <laughs> All right, Charlie, your one. Give, give us number four. Uh, my last one here. Um it took me a while to come up with my last one, but I feel like I've actually nailed it. This might actually be my number one pick. Might even be. MVP. Kim Kardashian. Want some makeup advice, dude? I'm trying to improve my look. (laughs) I'm going to live to 100. I'm going to have great investments and my skin's going to glow. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess it's very easy when you drop that name that um, most people have a knee-jerk reaction to what Kim Kardashian represents or is in the world. Totally. Like I'm, I'm expecting you to say get relationship advice. That's what I'm expecting. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no why why Kim Kardashian I'll stop joking I would say she runs one of the most successful media brands in the world so I look at what she's been able to create on the back of I will say some uh, fortunate upbringing and location in time in the world but you would have a very hard time convincing me that this is someone that hasn't put the work in to creating one of the success most successful media brands on the planet um, so I think a lot goes into it that we are probably not privy to that I see in the moves they make. The second thing that comes into it, and this is the uh, part that I'm even more impressed by, is she's recently started her own venture capital fund. Did I saw that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Brilliant. Yeah. So let's just think about this. You've got someone which has all the attention of the world practically. Like I would say that, what, 90% of the planet knows who she is? Eighty percent, something like that. Anyone was a very well, yeah, very well known figure here, and just opened up a venture capital firm where she can basically take any product that fits her audience demographic and deploy and distribute through that. And I just think that's phenomenal. I think it's really phenomenal, and you see some very powerful people doing that today. So Mr. Beast would be another one. So he's built this massive media empire in what I'll call new media and then being able to turn their brands into something more. And like The Rock was actually another one that was on my list that I, I didn't want to put in because it was too obvious. But again, built an amazing personal brand and now he's selling tequila through the brand. So there's these certain influencers and what I'll call media brands that are doing this new media model that I think is phenomenal. And I'm actually going to put myself out there and say that's where it's all going. So I liked Kim on my panel because – Potentially my other picks are maybe a little bit where the world is today, where I think Kim is where the future is a little bit more and has done an amazing job in creating a new media brand and turning it into something more. So that's why she gets a pick here. Obviously, I have a media company as well. I think (laughs) it would be a lot my media company could learn and attain from what they do. Um, And then the last component is access. I look at the access... Yeah, this is my actual number one for access. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, uh, the health access from Peter, the investing access from Howard, the business access from Keith, probably all phenomenal. But if you look at the what room could Kim Kardashian honestly not get into? Yep, yep. 
or has the ability to get into? I think that the interesting thing with Kim, from my viewpoint, is her ability to bring people around her to sort of, I don't know, exponentially grow what she's got. So she has got this personality, this brand, right, that then other people have kind of just tacked on. And she is the one that's carved out, like the equity plays, the brand plays, all of these things. And she knows that the the more she invests in her popularity, which obviously the TV show and social media and all those kind of things, all of these other things will grow. And kind of her sort of extended family has done the same off it. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting type of person, which is like, I'm willing to be the brand forever, right? Like she couldn't just say, well, I'm just not Kim Kardashian anymore. Like she couldn't just like try and put an actor in her place and be like, and they're the brand now. <laughs> like it's just not going to work, which means that her sort of long, long play around creating a brand, sustaining a brand through, dude, she's had some pretty wild scandals and things like that, but she has staying, stayed kind of victorious throughout it all, which is like that adversity as well. Um, I, I'm impressed and I get I completely get why it's a bit of a left field one, but I can understand, especially from a media perspective, the new media concept is great. Like we all know that like TV, what is a typical broadcast TV is kind of dying. Um, Netflix and YouTube and all these sort of social media platforms are coming through. And she's like, anytime she gravitates towards a new platform, it's just like, bam. It's like, cool. Now they've just got huge cult following just because of her migrating the influence, but also access where she's the one that gets invited to all those dinner tables. The second that new thing's coming out, just knowing what's on the horizon is brilliant. I also point out, you raise fantastic points. I do um, agree with those points. I feel like on this panel of advisors, this is the different opinion. Totally. I think it would be far too easy for Keith and Howard to align on something and like age biased as well, like they've got their own experiences because of their age where Kim is much younger, um, w- wildly successful in her own right. She might even be more successful than um, Howard financially. She actually might be. You might be yeah. right, to be fair. Uh, but the point being is is that I feel like this is where if you are going to have a panel of advisors, these counter type, having someone that is a little bit different so you don't have a bias formed that can potentially lure you in is – one that I think is there. And like we, we've got these people in our own lives today, these uh, contrarians or different thinkers. And I think this rounds out my panel of four really well here. And I like the fact that you've got, you've removed any gender bias as well. So I, I appreciate you for bringing that into the podcast. I didn't even think of that as a thing. I just went, oh, it's like <laughs> best fit for the role. Right? And like, I think yeah. Kim's an absolute savage regardless of gender. Totally. Dude, I, I, I concur. And I could see how, if you fast forward that over a couple of decades, she'll fight to stay relevant and she'll show how she's fought to stay relevant. And I, yeah, I, it, interesting. I, my mind is going, that is a very, it's a tick from each other. It's a thumbs up. Well done. I'm glad I'm getting the approval here. I mean, we are very aligned in thinking. It's not surprising, but I will ask, what's your number four? My number four is a little bit of a personal favorite. The only reason that they are on the panel is because I just thoroughly enjoy them as human beings. And I believe they'll make me a lot of money, Charlie. So I have brought this guy on as I call it like a bit of a well-rounder. I think he's just really good in a lot of things in life. The guy's name is Ray Dalio. I've been a fanboy of Ray for way too long uh, and I could not have him. One, because it's almost like you've got like, what is it? People had like Justin Timberlake as a poster on their wall when they were growing up. It's like, <laughs> I may as well just had like Ray Dalio on my wall. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm like working with my fan, like with the guy that I've fanboyed over forever on my team. 
Um, so Ray Dalio obviously has got the hedge fund Bridgewater Associates, uh, amazing investor. Yes, he's been right sometimes, and yes, he's been wrong sometimes. However, the thing that I love about Ray outside of his investment influence, I'll just put that out there, great macro, great micro. He manages a lot of money for a lot of different people. The thing that I really want to master, and you kind of brought this up a couple of people ago, was like first principles. So he has his list of personal principles and obviously his business principles. But I feel like he wrote the book on principles. He literally wrote the book on principles. Um <laughs> And I think there's just so much that I could bring into my world from mastering more around personal principles, but also business principles, investment principles, but also understanding what he omitted that I would have included and why he omitted them in order for me to become more well-rounded. But then on the other side, something that he has done, which I'm so impressed with is in his businesses, like he's done so many different operating things with technology. So I don't, I don't know, just one of the stories, for example, is that he put baseball cards. He basically put every employee had a baseball card, right? It's like, is Charlie an over-emotive person? What is his score out of 10? Is, it was like just, a personality thing. Just it was a personality thing. And so then after every meeting, people would go and provide feedback and say, well, Charlie always says no to whatever. He's contrarian. He's like the opposite to what everybody thinks. So then maybe Grant's a people, people pleaser. So he always says yes. And so on that, right, you, you just summed card. us up. That is exactly <laughs> us. <laughs> totally. Um, but then on this baseball card, someone who could pick it up would be like, oh, cool. Now when Charlie says no to something, that's just Charlie's personality. I'll factor that into my opinion building. And he's done that in so many different other areas in business before anyone else was doing it with machine learning and all these different things that his way of thinking, and I don't know if it's from him or people around him, I'm like, did I just want that? That just... Someone who thinks that outside of the box that says, screw middle management, screw this thing, you all have biased opinions, I'm going to expose it all, and this is how we're going to do it. I'm like, like, no one thinks that way. And so I get a great win on the investment front. I get a great win on capital access. I get a great win on just introductions and all those kind of things. But the most important win for me is helping me improve my foundational skill sets around principles, uh, second order consequences and concepts that are very complex that he has learned and paid to learn in a very short period of time and, and sort of help play me out. Do you know what? I, I actually, what it comes to mind on this is like, how good would this be as like a dinner party? <laughs> if we got our panels of advisors <laughs> together, like what a dinner. No, I'm thinking the opposite. I'm going on one side with mine, you're on the other side with yours and it's a competition. It's a battle. <laughs> Who will win? Are we com- are now competing on this as well? We are competing. It's interesting. Dude. We're very competitive, okay, Grant. When when was this not a competition? <laughs> I'm like, you saw this as not a competition? You're the well, maybe we ask Charlie. people. We'll, we'll say, um, so this is the round out of the list. Let us know, is it Charlie's panel of advisors you like better or is it Grant's panel of advisors? Who, who won this round then? So just for everyone listening. So Charlie's was Keith Cunningham, Howard Marks, Peter Atia, Kim Kardashian. Mine was... I'm just going to make sure I get the order right. Carl Icahn, Steve Schwarzman, Tony Robbins, and Ray Dalio. So there's the list. You just Who really won? couldn't be upset with either, could you? Like, <laughs> dude, it's a it's a winning team, uh, but I'd still want to see who would win out of them. But did you, you know, just awesome as we've done this episode, it's reminded me of like um, stacking. Like, if you add four people to a team, you're not adding four individuals. Like, you're adding the compound effect of the group. 
So or like when you are picking your advisors, that's a, a really interesting point that I didn't think about even when I was forming this list as much as I have as we've recorded it. And then the second one, it's like everyone has like a key attribute you want to take or a key skill that you want to take um, from each of them, which I think is a big consideration when forming your own panel of advisors as well. And then the last one is just the access component of what goes into this. It's not just them, it's who's around them that becomes influential. Yeah. All world leaders, everything we could access via these people. Next level. Reckon we wrap this one up? Let's do it. Awesome. For everyone listening, I just want to say thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, if you're not already, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your details so we can let you know every time we drop one of these episodes. I also want to say thank you for joining us and we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie.